In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, not across the pond, but not across the table, my co-host, the Ghostfinder General himself, Mr. Richard Felix. Good afternoon. How you doing? Outstanding. All except for the voice. The voice is going. I don't think I'm going to yeah. make it. Well, you've done so much. Uh, you know, you've done, we've done so much... Um, Debating, haven't we, and um, discussion and argument about our views and things. But uh, you know, and I, but I think I've probably done more talking than you have. But I've still got my voice. Yeah, whatever. And I'm older than you. <laughs> not by much. Not by much. Not by much. But still, I'm older than you. <laughs> oh, what a week this has been. It has been. We, is, for those who don't know, Richard and I just returned from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Wow. You had a pretty boring time down there, didn't you, Richard? Oh, it was so boring, you wouldn't believe it. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, Ron, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm still on cloud nine. Um, the whole, I mean, the whole week, um, you know, because, I mean, it's, I, I, arrived, I, well, I arrived here last Sunday, um, but uh, we did our first, first event at the Worthen um, last Tuesday. It's a week. It's actually a week now, exactly a week tonight since we were sat together, weren't we, in the, it, in the it Worthen. It was a little warm there, wasn't it? It was very warm there, but... It didn't bother me because uh, you know what I'm like. I'm like a big kid. I get I get all silly. I get all high and and enthusiastic and and it just does. I just don't I just don't bother about it. But you see, I'm loving your weather over here. It's it's just oh come on. Yes, it's okay. unbelievable. I mean, we've been talking for weeks and weeks and weeks over our you know on 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 Skype or on the phone, and it's been throwing it down with rain in England all the time, and it's cold. But here, it, you, you told me before we we came, you see, that it had been raining. And I expected it to be cold, cold and wet like it is in England. But it's just fabulous here, fabulous. It's so it's so hot. I'm loving it. Anyway, um, we actually have still some more events, so there's still time to see you while you're over here. I know that tomorrow night we have a cruise out of Portsmouth, uh, which is kind of cool. It's a narrated cruise on a uh, a boat, and that goes through Portsmouth Harbor and up by the lighthouses. And then we come back and we go over to the Rusty Hammer, and we've got some uh, snacks there. And uh, of course, you'll be talking again. Again, but when, it, again. when again, don't you talk? You know what I'm saying? 
Well, it's my, this is one of my attributes, you yeah. know. They, in fact, I tell you what they used to call me on Most Haunted, uh, amongst other things. <laughs> they used to call me a gob on a stick. <laughs> anyways, the ride ticket's still available, and it is uh, $49, which includes the cruise and the uh, um, rusty hammer, which is good. And then on uh, Friday night, you are giving a talk at the uh, Circles of Wisdom in uh, Andover. Sounds good to me. And I, see, I hear they have a flurry of tickets going over there now. Sorry, they have what? A flurry of tickets. Oh, wonderful. Yep. So if you want there you to... go. So folks, because I mean, at the end of the day, I think obviously, the, you know, I mean, there's been a pretty good turnout um, up to now of people coming along, obviously, to see you and to see me and, 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 and to see Maureen, of course, down, down in Gettysburg. Um, you know, as you know, I have a, a quite a, an entertaining talk, uh, but also quite controversial talk about what ghosts really are. Um, yeah, it is quite good. And then uh, if you want to hear more of Richard, you can sign up for that, Circles of Wisdom down in Andover. And also on Saturday night, we have a ghost hunt at the Mant in Concord, Massachusetts. Now, the Mant was actually the home of Thoreau and Hawthorne in the beginning of the trans and dental uh, movement. Plus, it is also located by the North Bridge, which, of course, that's where we began to kick your ass Uh in the room. That's where we started to let you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's going to be really, really interesting. There are, that one we have to let uh, only, uh, they're only letting a smaller group in, in there at a time. Because really? It is a historic landmark. So, yeah. uh, I think it's about half sold out. So, there, there oh, is well, a few tickets. Buy your tickets, guys, quickly. Buy your tickets. But, but we, I, I have to put out a... Um, uh, an appeal uh, now, don't I, over over token it because basically oh, the whole the whole idea is is because uh, while we were in Gettysburg, um, for those people that don't know what we we, we had such a good time, it's unbelievable. But um, I'm a great believer in trigger objects. Um, using a trigger object, if, if in other words, if it's the ghost of a little girl or a little boy in a, in a house or in a room, then you know leave a teddy bear in the room or or something. And there's a there's a possibility that it can trigger off some reaction, you know, a child will come back. Same thing applies with reenactment. Uh, and, of course, the number of reenactors that see ghosts on on battlefields. Yeah, we, uh, actually, we actually have a lot of people uh, asking in the chat room. Uh, by the way, we are live on uh, Pararex and Toji.net, and also, I believe, the Ghost Channel as well. Wow. So we'll say hello to our friends at the Ghost Channel. That'd be Mark Nesbitt and Hi, guys. Delaney. Crosby from down in Gettysburg. But anyways, we just got back from uh, Gettysburg, and that, that's what uh, Richard is talking about. But uh, actually, Aini says she, she doesn't know anything about Gettysburg. Uh, so why don't we... You, well, you know what? You're the paranormal historian. Why don't you give us a little history what the Battle of Gettysburg was within, you know, not 20... Why not? Not a half an hour, you know. Yeah. Shot. You sure, you sure I've only got half an hour to do it? No, you got less than a half an hour is what I'm oh, telling thank you. you. All right, and then we'll get back to this appeal that I need to, to put out. Don't no, let me no, forget with you. I'm sorry, put your guys, up. Yes, listen. We're, we're back to, so basically, the situation is that battlefields, um, which is what I'm into, and I've always been into, military history is, is my thing. Um, and so to go down to Gettysburg was just, just too much for me. But, but you see, years ago, people never seemed to think the battlefields were that haunted because nobody was on them. Um, apart from the farmer and his workers and people passing through and, and the occasional person walking his dog who, who used to report seeing a ghost. Uh, but since the advent of um, reenactment, which, of course, is, to be honest with you, has been it, certainly an American thing. We're doing it over in England now. 
the number of reenactors that see ghosts on battlefields is absolutely unbelievable. And one of the reasons is because they act as a trigger object. In other words, if, if there's a, a young guy of 18 or 19 blown to pieces, doesn't actually know he's dead, still wandering the battlefield as a ghost, looking for his mates, uh, looking for his platoon, his regiment, his division, or whatever it happens to be, and all of a sudden he's walking across the, the, the hills and he sees these guys in, in, in blue uniforms. Wow! They're back. My mates. Is this my regiment? Can I see the colours? Are they, are they from my detachment? And he goes towards them. They see him. Of course, they think he's one of their mates that's wandered off, and then, then he vanishes and disappears. In other words, it, it, you know, it triggers off a reaction, and people see ghosts. What, we, what we've done in Gettysburg is we, we dressed, dressed me up, <laughs> which I enjoyed immensely as a Confederate soldier in a Confederate hospital. That was great. Uh, we'll tell you a bit later about what happened at um, Little Round Top when I was dressed as a Union soldier. But going up to, to North Bridge in, in Concord, of course, um, I want a, a British redcoat uniform, um, and we're trying. And, and so this is really an appeal to any reenactors that are out there. Come on, there must be loads of people out there, because I say you guys started it over here. I need to borrow a, um, a redcoat uniform. Uh, to actually get me kitted out on, on the bridge at Concord and see if we can actually stir up some paranormal activity. Um, like a load of colonials coming along to, seven, to knock seven bells of you-know-what out of me. Um, could be good. It certainly worked at um, Little Roundtop while we were up there in Gettysburg. And if it, happened, if it happens at Concord, it would be absolutely awesome. Because while I'm here, I'm also, as you know, Ron, I'm also doing some filming, some footage, for a pilot for a TV program called Battlefield Ghost, which uh, everybody's receiving rather well at the moment. So that's the appeal. Is anybody out there that can um, uh, can lend us a uniform? It will be well treated, I promise you, because I am a reenactor myself. I need to borrow um, a British Redcoats uniform um, for what day is it, Ron? Uh, that Thursday. would be Saturday. 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 Um, and it will be filmed, and the people will be credited for it. Um, so please, if there's anybody there, get in touch with um, or, or any ghostproject.com. Um, that's the appeal done, Rob. Um, now, now down to now down to Gettysburg. Um, one of the bloodiest battles of the American Civil War. Um, Robert E. Lee was was um, attacking the North. He was he was um, um, invading the North basically, and um, the two armies met at the crossroads town of, of, of Gettysburg. Um, the Confederates were very short of shoes, apparently. And, and I don't know how true this is, but legend has it that, that someone told them that there was a huge detached uh, pile, pile of shoes at, at Gettysburg. And, and so the detachment was making that for there. And they, they came in, they hit a, a Union patrol, Yankee patrol. Uh, and a skirmish took place. And then both sides just sent out for reinforcements. And then... I think 125,000 soldiers converged on, on the little town of Gettysburg. And there was only, only 24,000 people lived in, sorry, 2,400. 2,400 people lived in, in Gettysburg, and they were invaded by 125,000 soldiers. And one hell of a battle took place. Uh, I think it was something like 55,000 casualties in three days, which is a lot of death. A lot of mutilation and, and um, all the ingredients, of course, that cause hauntings. Um, we were very kindly hosted while we were down there by, by Mark Nesbitt and his wife Carol, who run um, 
Get, get, Ghosts of Gettysburg tours, which has apparently just, apparently wrong, I don't really know this, they've actually just been nominated as the best ghost walk in the whole world. Yes, now they that, did. That's something, because they haven't heard of my Derby ghost walk, you see. Really? Well, <laughs> no. very well. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And they were absolutely amazing. They, we, we had a fabulous time down there. And um, apparently, Mark has got, I mean, he's written many books. We've had him on the show, haven't we, a few, a few yes, months ago. Which is how this all happened. This all came about after, after I, I spoke to Mark and, and you, you very kindly organized this trip. Um, apparently, there's something like a thousand ghost stories on the battlefield at Gettysburg. And, and, of course, one of the reasons there's so many stories is because the town itself was the battlefield. So there were soldiers in, in the houses. There was, there was obviously, all, every house was, was, was full of wounded and dying soldiers after the battle. And so much death and, and trauma and pain and tragedy took place in that place that, that it's left its mark, it's left a scar on the place. Um, and it's as haunted as hell, basically. And we had a we had a good time, didn't we, Ron? Yes, we did. I mean, I I'm still, uh, you know, uh, like I said, my voice is gone. I just did too much yakking and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it was an adventure and a half. I mean, if if anybody uh, wants to call in, by the way, and, and if they've been to Gettysburg, we'd like to hear your experiences there. Uh, the number here is eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. That's eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. Or if you have a question for us, you uh, go into either the Toji chat room or the Pararex chat room, and we'll try to answer them. But if you have any experiences at Gettysburg, we'd like to hear from it, would we, Richard? Oh, God, yeah, we would. Cause, and I'm sure Mark also would, would be able we'd pass them on to him because he, he keeps writing. I mean, I, we went to his, um, we did a, a ghost hunt in, in his um, uh, premises, uh, which was actually um, commandeered during the, during the, you know, Battle of Gettysburg. He's got lots of ghosts in there, and of course he's got all these books on sale. And I don't think I've ever seen so many. I think there's about ten or twelve, just different books. You know, volume one, volume two, volume three, volume four. Uh, ghosts of Gettysburg, absolutely amazing. But he, as he said to me, he's always looking out for new stories. And the more people he talks to, the more people that come on his ghost walks and his ghost events, the more the more stories that he that he that he's accumulating all the time. It really is a very, very haunted area. And um, you know, it just proves to me more and more the reality behind ghosts. You know, they are there. There's no doubt about it. You know, can, can a thousand ghost stories be wrong? I don't think so. Um, but anyway, one of my favorite places, of course, we, we were staying in, in a farm. Um, that was there at the time, at yes. the bottom of Little yeah. Round Top. Yeah, actually, it's the Little Round Top Farm, which, was, yeah. as you know, was extremely haunted. We'll, we'll go into that a little bit. But well, we must tell them what happened to you while we were there. Yeah. Um, but Little Round Top um, is one of my favorites, because many years ago I, I saw the, the, the wonderful film, uh, Gettysburg, which is made with, with uh, is it Robert Sheen, I think, as, as General Lee. Um, and um, it inspired me beyond words, especially the little bit about... Um, the fight that took place on on Little Round Top, when the 20th Maine, um, commanded by Colonel uh, Chamberlain, actually were right on the right end of the at the end of the line, and, and they'd got nowhere to go. And if the Confederates had taken Little Round Top, uh, they would have been able to bring their their artillery up and and blasted the Union army. And so there was nowhere to go for the 20th Maine. There's 350 of them. 
on the top of that little hill. Uh, and it was a case of no surrender, you know. Uh, we we stand and we fight and, and there's no going back. And the Confederates, I think it was the 15th Alabama Regiment, attacked um, Little Round Top consistently. And they were toing and froing backwards and forwards over the top of that hill uh, until the Union Army, the Union soldiers had run out of ammunition. And so there was nowhere to go and, and Colonel Chamberlain gave the orders, fix bayonets. And they just charged down the hill, and the Confederates ran, threw up their arms and, and surrendered. And the day was won, you know, but the amount of death that took place. On, apparently, they fired 40,000 rounds of ammunition on that, uh, on that little hill. That's a in, lot of work, you know what, loading all those guns? Can you imagine it? Can I'd you imagine be, the heat? I'd be pretty tired, you know. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, but, talk about the heat. Now, you were there... And well, you and, and I, for a short time, bo- both had uh, Confederate uniforms on. Those these yeah. things are hot. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, God Almighty! I mean, the stuff that the I mean, it's very the costumes, as, as most reenactors will know, are, are, are very rough costume. It's made of, of something called shoddy, which apparently is is um, it's wool, uh, but it's sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Poor quality, very very rough, poor quality wool, very thick, and. Uh, you know, it's just uh, the two of us wandering around in the uniforms, um, not doing anything really much, um, apart from calling out for ghosts, um, <laughs> didn't really take a lot of effort. But when you think they're fighting a battle, uh, toing and froing, you know, I mean, apparently the, mu- the muzzles of the muskets uh, were almost touching each other, you know, the Confederates and the, and the, federal, the federal Army. Um, bayonet fighting, I, I don't know. I don't know how they did it. I think they were made of stronger stuff probably than we are today. Uh, but it was just unbelievable. The emotion that must be still held um, on the granite, in the granite rocks of, of Little Round Top, absolutely, wow, to me, unbelievable. Uh, and we had a little incident, didn't we? <laughs> More than one. Hey, oh, yeah. Because the amazing thing was that we went up. We went on a recce, because obviously that was the first thing I wanted to do in the daylight. Uh-huh. Um to go up to find Little Round Top, and we, we, we sort of wandered around a little bit, and when we got there, um, I mean, it was Stacy, wasn't it? We were taking photographs up there on the, on the actual, on the rocks, uh, and Stacy made a comment that she could smell alcohol. Do, do you remember that, Beth? Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah, and, and she, but she was saying, I'm not talking about a bottle of brandy or a, or a bottle of beer. It, it, she said it's the smell that... that that a person gives off after they've been drinking, which is very, you know, like say, you say to someone, have you been drinking? Because you can obviously smell, you know, and it's a different smell. Not a very nice smell, to be honest with you. You don't sort of, you know, it's not, we don't, you don't like drunks breathing in your face, you know, when, they, when they've been drinking because there's this horrid smell. And she said it was really very strong. And she said, why, why on earth am I getting that here? And of course, as I said to her, you know, one of the things you've got to remember is that the trauma that these guys were going through, that, that they, were, they knew what they'd got to do. Most of them, to be quite honest with you, I would imagine would have had hip flasks with them, certainly the officers, uh, and quite a lot of the guys would have, would have probably filled their canteens with, with whatever they could have stolen from the houses at the time. Rum, brandy, you name it. it you know, it's a soldier's thing. And, and would you not want a, uh, a drop of Dutch courage before you went into battle? Um, Very but, interesting. Right. Yeah, it is. So I, I'm of the opinion that, that, that Stacey got a, well, what do you call it, a blast from the past. Because remember, 
as, as I say so frequently when I do my talks, have you seen a ghost, heard a ghost, felt, has anybody smelt a ghost? And again, we get the smells that, that tend to linger. Uh, and I get the impression that that's what, what Stacey picked up while we were standing on Little Round Tom. Right. Um, I think, but of course, again, I keep saying that, don't I? I think perhaps, you know, that sort of stuff. But that was quite something. That was a good start, wasn't it? Absolutely, and uh, you know, of course, uh, you went in the, up there on the, the night. Well, we both did by ourselves, and that was that was pretty freaky. I mean, it was pitch black. We had what one little tiny torch. <laughs> yeah, it's quite so funny because I mean, I think most people now know that I'm frightened of ghosts, which is probably ridiculous. But but why should I be frightened? You know, I mean, they're not there to get you, as I keep saying. But I am frightened, and. The whole idea was for, me, uh, was for me to go up on my own, but uh, no way, Jose. It was, it was too much. So Ron, Ron very kindly accompanied me. Um, you got a tape recorder with you, hadn't you? And, and, and we got a tiny, tiny torch. But all the way up there, I'm sort of talking to you, aren't I? Sort of trying to reassure. Are you sure? Aren't you frightened of this, Ron? Doesn't this bother you, Ron, at all? And he's going, No, no. I'm, I'm just fascinated and intrigued by the whole thing. And there's me saying, Well, Ron, I. <laughs> I'm frightened. You know, keep talking to me. Keep the torch on. And, you know, we're, we're sort of shining the torch around in the bushes. And the the, the noise up there, Ron, was was unbelievable. I've never heard anything yeah. like it from the... Yeah. What are those insects called? Cicadas. Cicadas? Yeah. I mean, are they big? No. I can't believe the just noise like a, Just make. like a woman, you know, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Small and noisy. No, sh- shut up, Richard. Um, <laughs> I, mean, it, it, I, hope, I hope Julie's not listening. She's not. She's just nipped up. She's not here, though. She's, I'm, I'm alone. So that's right. But, I mean, uh, I couldn't believe that. And that that's very unnerving. Because, you know, I mean, uh, you know, here, here, I mean, at the moment, I'm sat, sat here uh, in this beautiful house uh, in Franconia, um, in the trees, um, sun's down. And there's, there's a tiny little bit of noise because the woods are all around us. But there at Little Round Top, it was a crescendo, wasn't it, of noise? Oh, absolutely. It was, it was almost deafening. It was so loud. It was deafening. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was sort of slightly unnerving, just not knowing what they were for me and that sort of stuff. And here's me all the time, you know, help, hoping for reassurance from you, you know. Are you not frightened? No, I'm not. Okay, that was it. And we, we eventually sort of got up there to the, to the rocks, you know, where a little round top is. And um, the whole idea is then for me, dre- dressed as a, as a Union soldier, of course, you know, as a trigger object, right. um, to go off alone uh, <laughs> um, and, and sit on the rocks and, and see what happens and talk to them, talk to these guys that we believe could, some of them could still be there due to the nature of their death, you know, the fact that they perhaps don't know they're dead or whatever. Uh, it, was, it had been raining a bit, hadn't it, and the trees were, were dripping. Okay. It was all the right ingredients. It was, it was unbelievable, quite warm. And I go off and sit on a rock, all on my own, and start to talk. And uh, you're, you, I mean, you're, you, you could hear me, couldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you could hear me. You were a long way off, but you could yeah, still hear I me. I stayed off in the darkness. I wanted to make sure because when you were shooting your camera around, that I didn't get get in it. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was off, but I could hear everything and see everything. Yeah, yeah, and then lo and behold, I'm, I'm asking, you know, if there is anybody there. Usual story over and over again then can you do something to let me know that you're here? Oh, we come in respect and uh, uh, we, we, uh, all that you've done for us and that sort of stuff. And then something hit me on the leg, on, yeah. on, on my thigh. And you jumped. And I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> did I jump? <laughs> I mean, but, but you see, 
obviously, you know, it could be, I don't know, a cicada, um, an insect that flew into my leg. Uh, this is me talking, you know, like, uh, perhaps the, a big rain spot mm, that, that landed on my leg. So, of course, I feel, feel my leg to see if it, and it's not wet. And um, so, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a heavy bump or anything like that, but it was, it was significant, you know. It, it, to be honest with you, Ron, it could have been a, t- a twig that had been thrown or something like that. That's how it felt. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's the same old story. We're, not, we're never satisfied, are we, with the no, first one? We always push the limit. We have to push it, so here's me. But if it really was you, if, if, if you that was someone, or a guy from the 20th man, you know, that sort of thing, will you do it again? And wow, wham! <laughs> and the same place, this is the thing, Ron, it's the same place on my leg. That's the bit that got me. Uh, and so I'm thinking, yeah, okay. An insect flying into my leg twice in the same position, mm, very, very remote. Um, someone throwing something, would they have, ma- in the pitch black, and it was very dark up there, could they have hit me in the same place? Possibly not. So my no, third thought is... It was pretty dark there, right? That would be a pretty, oh, good, pretty good aim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. And, and the thing uh, was, it wasn't like there was rustling in the, in the woods and, and that happened, you know what I'm saying? No, nothing like that at all. There was no, there was nothing the same. The cicadas were making a noise. The, 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 the rain was dripping. But then, so my third thought is, okay, it's a big drop of water because I'm still sat in the same position. So, yes, a drip of water could come up down again. Come down, but it was heavier than, than water. So, again, feel my leg. Any, anything wet is my, you know, are the travel? No, they're not. So, mm, I don't know. And then, of course, we, we push it to the absolute limit and ask again. Third time. Guys, this is fantastic. If the, you know, I'm now starting to believe that there is someone with me. Starting to get a bit worried, obviously. Uh, but if you're there and, and it's a guy from the 20th Main or someone trying to get in touch with us, then, you know, go on. Just, just for sheer, the sheer hell of it and everything else, then do it again. <laughs> and then it came. Same one. Wham! Third one. I was gone. I was up. Um, yeah, the language wasn't very good, was it, Ron? No, it fell down a little bit, too. <laughs> the language is not very good. I, and I, that was it. And I went. And I, I, I started to run, as I do. I tripped over one of the rocks or the boulders, and down I went. And I was gashed wounded. Yourself. I gashed my leg. Well, there was a bit of blood. Uh, so Richard Felix was... <laughs> This wounded at Gettysburg, that little round top. Um, Ron comes r- rushing over, because obviously I'm on the floor. <laughs> with, with the camera gone all over the damn place, feeling a complete idiot, but, but shocked. Really, genuinely quite shocked. And, but, but not only shocked, Ron, but elated. Because three times, three times on the same spot on my leg, I believe is... is yeah, I'm, don't forget I'm a skeptic still, but, you know, that was pretty convincing to me. Um, um, trouser leg up, blood coming down my leg. <laughs> Ron gets his handkerchief out and, and binds up my leg. Uh, and I'm, 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 sl- I'm, sh- I'm shaking a bit because, you know, it was quite, quite traumatic, to be honest, wasn't it, Ron? Well, yeah. for you as well, hearing me shouting and yelling like a... Like, <laughs> I like had a all I do not to laugh, honestly. I covered I'm my sure I can imagine <laughs> it. <laughs> It was entertaining, wasn't it? And then, but the, 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 then, then the amazing thing that actually comes over me is, God Almighty, they really are here. Okay, there, there, time there, for a break, Richard. 
You're okay. You're we'll continue on to it. Yep, you listen to Ghost Chronicles on Pararex and Tochinat. We'll be right back. Following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Get ready for Cowboys and Indians. I'm Eric Sullivan, sports anchor at CBS 19. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I wore Roger Starbucks jersey four consecutive pitcher days when I was in elementary school. Cowboys in Indians, 11 to noon Central, Tuesdays on Toggy. I'm Eric Williams, third-generation NFL player, Super Bowl winner from the Washington Redskins. I've been in the trenches. I know what I'm talking about, especially when I'm going to get some spiked hair cowboy groupie. Cowboys in Indians, get the lowdown. Yeah, you want to be in the thick of it. You know, that's what you no, want. I know how hard it is. Like, okay, no, well, I don't get... give me this. What have you done lately? But every NFL team hasn't done anything okay, lately. but they have the most talented team in the NFL. Get to SmackDown. You are absolutely nuts. Are you kidding me? You've been hitting the head too many times in those trenches, my friend. Cowboys and Indians. 11 to noon Central. Tuesdays on Toginet. Radio with a cutting edge. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick here on TojiNet, Pararex, and the Ghost Channel as well. Uh, the number here is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Or join us live in either the TojiNet or the Pararex chat room. So there you go, Richard. So we bounded you up and brought you back. and You did. <clears throat> but I tell you what, here's the really amazing thing about the whole of this story. Um, you're binding my leg up. I'm saying, oh, my God, I can't believe it. This is, this is unbelievable. I, could, you know, I, I think they're there. I think there's something there and everything else. And all of a sudden, I'm not frightened anymore. Genuinely. I, as I said to you, didn't I? I could stay out, stay out here all night. You did. Because, because all of a sudden... The atmosphere, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, had, had changed, and, and I'm I'm elated because I I almost feel that you know someone from the, from the twentieth Maine um, made contact with me, and I feel that that's one hell of a privilege uh, for someone to, to take to take the trouble to do that. If it was, but you know I've got a, I've got such an open mind as you know. Um, but I think that it, it, there, there's something in it. Um, it's too much of a coincidence. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think so, so. All the way back, we're absolutely, you know, elated. Ron's, Ron's ripping me to bits. 
<laughs> because of what I did and, and the language and the fact that I fell over. And, oh, my God. But uh, at the end of the day, um, it was an experience that I will take away with me for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Uh, and remember that we, we, you know, yes, yes, I, I, I was filming uh, for a TV show that I'm hoping to, to produce, Battlefield Ghost. Um, and I think that will go down very well on it. But, you know, folks have got to remember that, that they're dealing with, with, with Mr. Credible here. <laughs> you know, I, I don't fall over normally. I don't feel sick. I don't, you know, on TV, I, I'm the guy that ticks the normal boxes before I even think of anything paranormal. And at the end of the day, I have an open mind. I really don't know. I'm not sure. But something happened three times, and it doesn't normally happen as much as that. And so there's a possibility that there could be something in it. But um, you also had an experience, actually, in Little Round Top Farm, didn't you? Absolutely. I mean, that, as, as we mentioned earlier, that we were staying at Little Round Top Farm, which was on the backside of uh, Little Round Top. And, and the, uh, in fact, the, uh, it was used as an auxiliary hospital as well. But what building mm -hmm. down there wasn't. Uh, I mean, there were so many. Yeah. And also, um, I guess they brought the artillery up through Little Round Top Farm as, as well. But, I mean, it was right there on the battlefield. It was, it was interesting. But we, we had some uh, great experiences as, uh, as soon as we walked in. In fact, uh, Maureen thought she saw me in another room, and mm. I wasn't in there. So it was a, a doppelganger, which was interesting. That was crying. That was, but it, I mean, she, she honestly, she genuinely believed you were there. Absolutely. It, it was, in other words, it, it was you. Yeah, well, sorry, she thought it was you. She didn't you sort go. of mistakenly see a figure and think, oh, Ron must be there. No, there was she no saw Ron right. there. There was but nobody in that part of the house, so there was no, like, anybody else there. No, no. So that was, that was pretty convincing in its own right. That's before you started, wasn't it? Right. And then, of course, uh, Jim, our EVP specialist, saw a cat go by, but there yeah. were no cats there. No, nothing. No animals in place at all. Well, again, it's, it's a... Um, I mean, even even the chickens were dummies, weren't they? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but anyway, so, so the first night he stayed there, that uh, they put me in the well, I, I took the most haunted room there. So it was uh, actually the most comfortable room. That's why he took it, guys. But. Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway, so I set up an IR camera to, to run all night while I was sleeping, and uh, as I got in there, and uh, I thought I was off camera, but evidently I wasn't. When I get undressed. <laughs> so that footage, that footage will go nowhere. <laughs> Whoa! But the interesting part, though, is, is while we were reviewing the footage, there was actually, it, it appears to be a figure standing in the door. Mm. And it was there when the light was on. And then when the light went off, it was gone. And then it came back. And then it disappeared again. So it was kind of cool. Uh, I think so. I mean, I saw that, and I'm quite convinced. But, I mean, the thing that gets me is that it almost appears as if it was, as you said, coming and going, as if it was standing, looking in the doorway, going away and coming back for a second look. Right. It probably didn't. Probably didn't while you were getting undressed. Yeah, you know, I don't think I had the door, I had the door closed when that happened. So, I mean, that was not, he wasn't there then. No, but, you know, they probably just didn't want to mess with Van Helsing, if you know what I mean. I'm sure you're right. But that was the impression I got on looking at it, that it actually um, appeared to come and go. Yes. Yeah. Um, but not, because I was sort of looking at it and trying to time it, uh, and it wasn't 
as if a light was coming on and going off on a timer. There's no. nothing like that. It just it was haphazard how it sort of came and went, which, again, I found quite convenient. I mean, is there any way folks can, can, can view that, Rob? Not with me undressing in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could at one nine hundred uh, for a dollar fifty a minute. You can pound uh, <laughs> seven quid, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, are you going? To, are you, so, uh, that footage can you get? Can you can it be put on? The well, we're going to review it, and you know, we we still don't know. I mean, that's what it appears to be. But you got to remember, you're looking at the little uh, screen on. Uh, an IR camera, so it, yeah, of course. It, you know, once you blow it up and take a look at it, then uh, you know. yeah. In other words, tick tick the normal boxes again first. Exactly. And then when when you finish with it, and you've got a couple of boxes at the end that haven't got ticks in them, then you start thinking, hang on a minute, there might be something in this one. It could be paranormal, and it could be because it. Uh, there's no getting away from it. I mean, obviously, everyone knows I'm I'm as I keep saying a psychic brick. Uh, don't sense things, don't see things, don't hear things normally. Uh, but there was certainly a sense of something in that building. Absolutely. There's no doubt, and that was what got everybody. I mean, you know, I, I sort of, of course I did, but it was something I wasn't particularly keen on, on going off, going up upstairs to fetch things on my own. Really? Because, I, oh, yeah. I did not know about Oh, yeah. Well, you see, again, that, I mean, I was told, it's in the book, but I mean, I, I think I was 14 years of age before I would even go up to the toilet un unaccompanied. <laughs> this is true. Oh, and that's it's funny. still there, mate. He is still with me. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm in a house that's not only reputedly haunted, but that that night before, you you know, you've got on footage of uh, some, some figure standing in the doorway. Um, First night, Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so whenever I go into upstairs, I've always got this silly sense of, you know, am I going to see something while I'm there? And there was definitely, um, I don't know, there was a sense of something um, in that building. But then again, don't forget, we know what happened there. That's right. You know? And in fact, your wife, Julia, saw something. Did she? Oh, absolutely. Don't you remember when she went into the bathroom? Oh, oh my, oh, she saw you. <laughs> I mean, you absolutely talk about paranormal. My God, I mean, you... you... <laughs> You were in the bathroom, yeah, without the light on, uh, cleaning your teeth, I think. Yeah, shaving with an electric shaver. Okay, <laughs> now right. this is daytime, it's not nighttime, so I'm not shaving in the dark. No, no, of course not. Yeah. And she went in and actually came in, you left, oh, left the door unlocked because you'd already been in, already been in there with Stacey. <laughs> uh, hey. we, we won't go into that. No, we won't go into that. Uh, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're missing it. The door was open. Oh, right, yeah. So she walked in and closed the door, didn't she? She closes the door. Turns the What's lights that? on, turns around, he goes, ah! <laughs> he goes running out of the bathroom. Listen, I heard it, mate, from downstairs, and, uh, <laughs> and it absolutely frightened me to death. I mean, it really did. It frightened him. God knows what it did to her. But uh, there you go. So she saw an apparition in the bathroom, and it was a, it was a doppelganger again, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was really you. I, I, the funny, though, I mean, I, is that the mindset because we were staying in a haunted place? Otherwise, if this yeah. happened at your house in England... Uh, would she have still screamed, or, or is it because we were No, I, th I think she wouldn't have screamed. And again, that's back to the way I said about going up. And don't, Julia's the most you know, sceptical person. She doesn't do ghosts. But uh, even so, she, it frightened her to death. Uh, and again, I think it's at the back of your mind. I'm in a haunted house. Soldiers died in here. People have seen things. And lo and behold, she walks in, closes the door, and there's this figure stood at the, stood at the sink. In fact, 
you're probably more frightened because it was you than if it than had it been ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. So yeah, I think it's at the back of your mind. It's it's um, in your psyche, and and she even though she would tell us that she doesn't believe in it, it's probably at the back of your mind thinking, I wonder. And lo and behold, it happened. But uh, <laughs> but I tell you what, I mean, the, the, the three days we were there, um, one of the highlights of my life. No, that well, the whole thing has been what we've done up to now. But uh, to, to be down there on on such a, and it's such a wonderful place. Um, then we did this um, amazing uh, Daniel Lady Farm. Yeah. Um, where I got you, you got me kitted out as a um, as a uh, Confederate soldier. Um, and you were and, singing, you uh, were singing Dixie, uh, which was, I was interesting. N- not very well. I hate yeah, well, glad. I, I kind of skipped over that part, which probably put the spirits off. But again, sitting there because I know the words to Dixie, because I've always been a, a you know sort of a bit of a, a latent Southern Confederate sympathizer. Confederate sympathizer. Yeah, yeah, Southern yeah. sympathizer. Yeah, yeah, that's me, and uh, so was my dad. And I, I actually had uh, Dixie played at my dad's funeral. Um, and so it's all at the back of my mind, and, I, and you know, although as far as I know, nothing happened. No, it didn't happen to me. Maureen uh, was channeling. That was quite. Now that was really something wrong because there was Maureen uh, channeling, and she got this this guy. Um, oh God, boy, what actually. was his name? Sorry, a boy actually. She got a boy of about fifteen that had got a very bad. Well, he'd been he'd been left to die Gatwell. in the barn, hadn't he? Yeah, he had a gut gut wound at uh, Daniel Lady Farm, and um, they were, they, he was commenting about me, wasn't he, because he, was, he couldn't understand, there were two things, one, one he was, they were saying, why is this guy dressed, because he, he, obviously I'd got a very nice, clean uh, Confederate uniform on. Right, which they uh, which never not, had at that time. That, exactly, right. that's the whole point, after going through a battle in a hospital, no way would have had, and, and it was, I really found that quite convincing the way, and the other thing of course that we were commenting on was, was my accent, why was this guy wearing a confederate uniform with a British accent, and I thought that was quite good, that was, that was you know, so I had to say that I, I was actually what, a, a British, British um, attaché or something uh, uh, attached to the Confederate Army. <laughs> and, of course, I try to talk like a southerner, and I sound like a pirate for God's sake. <laughs> there you go. But that was good. But, I mean, people said to me at the beginning, how do you feel about doing this? And I said, extremely emotional. Because to be in, in, a, in a building that... Well, how can you not, you know? Yeah. Oh, especially when you, when you're the sort of person that I am that has lived, lived my life, if you like, for things military, um, uh, and to be in a military hospital dressed as as one of them, you know, as a, as a Confederate soldier, uh, and of course, a lot of people don't know that the very first ghostly experience I ever had in my life was in a military hospital when I was in uniform. As a, as a, obviously, I was in the Territorial Army, which is the equivalent of, I think it's the equivalent of your National Guard, is that right? Yeah. Part-time soldiers? Loosely, yeah. Yeah. And there was me in a hospital. No, sorry, that's not true. In a building that I had no idea was a hospital. In 1977, in uniform, in a sleeping bag, when this lad's voice started up at the back of me calling for a nurse. Um, and I, as, as you do, the first thing I did, of course, was to, to convert it into reality because it was a guy in his sleeping bag next to me because there were 37 soldiers in this room with me asleep. I was not asleep because I was a radio operator and I'd come in late. 
And I thought, God, this, this voice is, you know, this guy snoring next to me. And of course it wasn't. And the next thing I'm, ha- I'm hearing is this lad, well, dying. Uh, moaning, calling for a nurse, and I had tears running down my cheeks, listening to the, the with emotion, you know, listening to this lad. But I couldn't do anything for him, because I wasn't in a hospital. I was in what I believe to be a 1930s-style um, lecture room in this old old castle. Um, and as, I, as you do, of course, I went to sleep. But then I found out later that the place that I'd been in had been requisitioned during the Second World War as a military hospital. And so I, I believe that that night, because I was emotionally charged, you know, excited after being in a bit of a battle on exercise, that I, that I just happened to pick up the recordings, if you like, of this young lad that was encapsulated in the fabric of the building. Uh, and so to go back and go and do it again in a Confederate hospital, wow, the emotion was there. I was, uh, I was ready for it. I was high. But they don't just do it when you want them to, do they, Ron? No, they don't. That's the thing. And uh, uh, people are making fun of my accent. They can't believe that uh, I can't talk like a southerner. Well, you know, <laughs> hey, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I can't even talk like a northerner. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, there you go. But at the end of the day, you know, no matter how much I... It, basically, you go in there wanting it to happen. And it, it, it never does. I, I, I believe that the, the time it normally happens is when you're almost switched off, uh, daydreaming, thinking about nothing. In other words, your mind's open. That's the big one. You know, let go. Uh, often when you're, you're drifting off into sleep, uh, just waking up in the morning, wandering along with nothing on your mind. Literally in, in a... Well, if you call it a dream state, if you like, where you sort of, nothing's there, your mind's wide open, and wham, it, something comes through. And you see it for a brief, you know, glimpse, two or three seconds, and it's gone. And that's your ghost. Now, now let me ask you, I, I know that you, when you were in the Whaling House, and I, I remember that story about <clears> you singing Dixie, and they didn't like it, and then you went to... Uh, Gloriel or you or whatever. It is. Oh, that! Oh no, that! I'll tell you, they see I've done that. I'd forgotten that. That was a, no, that was a drum drum barracks oh, in California, a... and it was a union. Um, um, I think it was a it was a barracks, of course, and that was really quite something because in the past um, someone else had done it. That's actually why we replicated it, you know, because uh, someone had been doing that um, visiting the place uh, many years ago. Uh, playing Dixie, and it had had a response. So Kieran O'Keefe, of course, is, is an extremely good musician, and uh, they, they'd obviously got a copy of, of, of Dixie there, cheap music, and we played. We well, Kieran played Dixie, and we were and I was singing because you know, although I can't sing, I do know the words to Dixie. And lo and behold, we got the strangest reaction. You know, someone because obviously it was a Union barracks, Yankee barracks. You know, uh, they didn't like it. They really didn't like it. Um, and so he changed the tune to the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Yeah. And again, I knew some of the... But the thing is that the, I, I swear to you, there was, someone, there was someone tapping along to that music in that, build, in that room. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, you see, you know, back to, oh, you were faking it. Were you? No, we, did, we don't do that. We've never done that. But, I mean, the thing is that everyone was in the room and there was something and it wasn't, it wasn't pitch black or anything like that. And there was definitely some some 
energy source is the only way I can describe it that was that was tapping to the music. Uh, very emotional, very good, very good program actually. That was, and again, you know, similar thing for me. I was high, you know, I was I was uh, I was on cloud nine because uh, it was good. And the great the folks were so good to me down there because although it was a union barracks, they actually presented me with a uh, a Confederate battle flag, <laughs> which I've still got in my study on the wall now. Really? While I was there. Oh, that was a good one. I mean, that's pretty. If anybody has the Gettysburg story, we would love to hear from you. You can call in at eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine. If you've had any experiences uh, down I, down in Gettysburg, we would love to hear your experience. Now, I was talking uh, with uh, Mary from uh, the Parax chat room, and she had belonged to a group that a paranormal group that just concentrated in on Gettysburg alone. Oh, really? Yes. So um, I, I would love to hear her experience. Uh, yeah. Know. So 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Just think about investigating. I mean, like that group in England that spent 900 hours or whatever. Yeah, in imagine, one location. Yeah, imagine one uh, you know group that concentrates just on uh, Gettysburg. Well, I guess that's what Mark Nesbitt's group does. And perhaps that's why he gets such great EVP. Because he yeah, got some phenomenal right. ones while we were down there. Oh, yeah. Well, now, the, the annoying thing is that uh, up to now, I haven't heard any of them. What? Because obviously I was, very, no, I was busy doing other things and, you know, obviously getting involved as I did. And I wasn't with Mark. Uh, I was with uh, another group during the, you know, during the investigation. And I actually didn't hear anything he got wrong. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he, uh, would, uh, he said, what, what is the nature of your wound? And all he got was, ah! You're joking. Oh, scream. Oh, my God. Yeah. I say. Yeah, that was yeah that's good. I mean, as I say, I know he, he has come up with some some extremely good EPP uh, down there. And he was also, during the presentation, showing us some some rather remarkable photographs that, that, that have been taken uh, down there on the battlefield, in the engine house. Um, and there was one, because I'm, I'm, I'm again, a, a bit of a non-believer in in some ghost photographs that, you, you know, a lot of them can be explained. But he had a picture, the last picture he, he showed was it was clearly a, a figure standing there with a, with a hat on. Oh, absolutely. Now, now uh, you uh, had a little bit of hard time getting back, uh, I mean, getting to Gettysburg, so you kind of Ooh. missed the first investigation. Yeah, we did. Which uh, we did at the engine house, which was... Uh, quite interesting. Um, we, I was actually on camera interviewing the uh, operations manager for the engine. Yeah. Home. And Maureen and Carol Nesbitt and I believe Laura. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Jim's girlfriend Susie. And they were off behind the engine. And all we heard was this huge bang, boom. Right. Yeah. And. Uh, so I came running over there, and then Maureen had begun trans-chilling uh, the, the soldier, uh, and she get, gave the name, looking about Ellsworth, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And remember, you looked that up when we got back? That's I, right. I, oh, there, was a, there was a guy, and that really was quite... Uh, um, and there was something... There was a guy there that was something to do with Ellsworth, and he'd raised, I think, a regiment of what were called Zouaves, which were um, uh, based on French um, or Moroccan. Um, soldiers that fought on the side of the Union, um, which I found again quite because that's that's the beauty of of you know being at 
have in my job, paranormal historian, that you know you 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 look things up, and and when someone comes up with something and that that name comes up, for me that's that's um, what's the word you know, heaven, seventh heaven, you know the people and, and Maureen was very good because it's the first time I've met Maureen, of course. Uh, she impressed me a lot. She was good. She is good. No getting away from it. I wish she was in England. <laughs> <laughs> I would I love might to see her it. work with Derek Kerr. I think that would be fun. that would be really quite something. And I think that might, might be happening, mightn't it? It may be. We'll see. That would be good. But that the interesting really... part, I mean, the first show we ever did on Toji uh, Net was from the Wyndham Restaurant where we did Dining with the Dead uh, yesterday. Last night? Yeah, and we were up on the third floor. We were broadcasting live, and yeah. all of a sudden, again, Trans Channel, some drunk from the bar. So that was kind of my my uh, host had changed. Yeah, this was a dead drunk from the bar, was that? Pardon me? Was it a dead drunk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he had... Channel someone who's live. Uh, no, I don't know. I wasn't sure. Well, I don't know, you see, because uh, not having the mind of a media. But, uh, but here's something. It's funny you should say that. Well, I don't really know this, but there's something like 40% of all ghost sightings are of people that are still alive. Now then. Wait a minute. Still alive or... 40% of people, of ghost sightings. But that's... Now, there's something for a program for us, for us to, to, to work not, on. But they're not real ghosts. Well, well what, as I say, what is a ghost? Your definition of ghost. Yeah, exactly. Ghost is a word, as, as we know, that, that is used to describe anything and everything that we don't understand. And because of that, we're frightened of it. But I, I, it's something we need, we need to take on, yeah. And, and again, if anybody's got any stories um, of um, live ghosts, in other words, uh, people somehow managing to, to, to send an image of, uh, of themselves while they're still alive... Um, and a lot of them are actually as they're dying, but they're actually ooh, they're actually still alive while they're doing it. Um, crisis apparitions and all sorts of other things. I think we could have quite a good show about that. So, I mean, live ghost. Thinking about that, uh, what about someone who who astro projects? Same thing. Exactly. That's the whole point. And uh, out of body experiences, astral projection. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, passes passes their, uh, um, an image, a thought image, or whatever you want, to someone else. Um, I mean, I, I've said this for a long time, and I use it in different contexts. You know, we are not that far from, from Star Wars, uh, and use the Force, and, and holograms, and, you know, when, when Princess Leia, I think, uh, there's this sort of hologram that appears on the table while she's asking Obi-Wan Kenobi for help, I think, or something. You know, she's a, she's a, a little projection, of an image. A, I think we need to go into that. Right. There's, a, there's a good program, because basically what we're talking of doing, aren't we, Ron, is, is, is theming some of the shows around um, specific subjects. Right. Um, now, so. I also wanted to mention one more thing, and it is they were, you know, about our investigation at the Daniel Lady Farm. Yeah. There was an old battle ambulance there. Yeah. Yeah, an ambulance from, from one of the battles. From Chancellorsville, um, apparently. Uh, yeah, something like that. I'm not quite mm. sure it was, but, mm. um, Laura took a photograph of it, and when the, you got the, you know, looked at the photograph, the entire inside of the wagon right. was, what looked, appeared to be blood, but it was red. red. It was red, mm. which is amazing. First of all, uh, you saw the blood prints in the room, mm. and they weren't really a red, you know, they were 
darkish. They were very dark because yeah. of the years that they'd obviously been soaked into the into the original floor. Right. Yeah. Well, this was actually red as though it was almost fresh. I know, and I saw those photographs, and I have to say that that they looked extremely convincing. And and, and the thing is, Ron, that it doesn't, you know, with, to the naked eye, the inside of that ambulance isn't red. No, absolutely not. It exactly. just does not look it. And, and, and it's not, uh, how can I put it, it's, it's, it's not paint, it's not um, staining or, 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 or anything like that. It, it it looks like blood, fresh blood that's sort of soaked into the into the wood, um, and I have to say that was quite um, disconcerting to say the least. Yeah. Very good, very good photograph. Very yeah. interesting. I, I talked to the caretaker of the place uh, yeah. after, after the event was over, and he was the one that that uh, whose group brought the ambulance in there. And oh, he right. swore to me that the absolute, there is no red in the inside of that. That's good. And, of course, I, don't, don't, I presume you know that also inside Daniel Lady Farm, there's a, a, a well, not a story, that's the wrong word, but there's a, an account of someone coming in one morning and, and in the middle of the floor um, there was a pool of blood. Right. Um, on the floor. And someone, I think, I believe someone took a sample of it. Yeah, this was Mark, Mark Nesbitt. Yeah, and yeah. also took photographs of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And then when they came back or came back into the room, it was gone. Uh, well, that's a little bit loose, but basically gone. he left and went home, and then he got a call to come back in, and when he ah. came back, it was all gone. In fact, the floor was covered with a, uh, a thin dust. Uh, uh, dust on the floor, mm. and so he ran out to the car to check the sample that he had taken, and it was still there, so he sent it to a laboratory, and it came back as human blood. But anyways, we actually run out of time, so I just, joking. I just wanted to mention the, the few events we do have coming yes, up. Yes, please. For the Come and see me, guys. And uh, that's tomorrow night. We have a cruise out of Portsmouth, which we go up to Portsmouth River, and I mean Portsmouth Harbor, and we see the lighthouses, and uh, the Worthen, and a bunch of other cool places. And afterwards, there is uh, a uh, little, you'll be given a little talk. But when, I will indeed. When, don't you? And a book signing. Yep, at the uh, Rusty Hammer. And uh, the tickets are $49 for both the cruise and the event afterwards. And it, there will be some hors d'oeuvres and stuff served as well. And then on uh, Friday, you'll be giving a lecture at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. Great on stuff. Saturday, we are doing a ghost hunt that is just about sold up. That is at the historic manse in uh, Concord. And uh, it's a rare, rare opportunity. That is on the, uh, you know, a natural historic site. It's not um, ready available to the public. You, you don't get many opportunities to do this. And that's where Thoreau and Hawthorne lived. It's by the North Bridge, and three dead British soldiers buried there. There might be four, if I can get a uniform. Yeah, and if anybody has a uniform, please uh, contact me. All this stuff is on our website, which is nheghostproject.com. That's N-E, like New England, ghostproject.com. And uh, it's on the homepage. You can check it all out. So, Richard, another show. I want to thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Know, it's I'm, been great. Thank you for the first week. Looking forward to the second. Yeah, I'm going to miss you when you go, my friend. Oh, we're not going yet. Don't worry, mate. <laughs> well, talk to you soon. Good night. God bless. Cheers. Bye-bye.
goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump.